Hey, and welcome back once again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman, and today we are going to begin a brand new book as we devotionally walk through every chapter of the New Testament. Today we're going to look at Colossians chapter 1. Now, there's a, a, like just about every chapter, there's so much happening here, so much rich theology, but, but I want to set things up for you this way. I want to ask you, what is, what really is the purpose of the, the gathering of the church um, from a, I guess, uh, mankind perspective? What is the purpose of the church for the church? Let me ask you that way. I mean, we can, we can gather and we can say, you know what, Our, the purpose is to glorify God, and that is absolutely true. Without a doubt, we, we gather to glorify God. But, but when we gather, there, is, there are many purposes at play. And for those who gather, for the church, for those who are shepherded by their leaders within the church, there actually is a, there is a strong purpose that I want to highlight from the end of Colossians chapter 1. I want us to see that, that everything we do as a church is meant to be driven toward this end. Now, the ultimate end is the glory of God. The ultimate end is that God is honored in our, our lives and everything we do. But, but I want us to kind of think about it from a human perspective for a moment. Let me show you what I mean. Colossians chapter 1, verses 28 and 29. This is what Paul says. He says, Him we proclaim. Let's just stop right there. Who's the him? Well, the him is Jesus. The him is Jesus who Colossians 1 has described as the one who is preeminent in all things. That he is, he is first in line for, uh, I guess, superiority. He is above all things. He is the one actually that all things are held together through. He is the one who makes all things. Uh, Christ is the him we're talking about. And in this, he is, he is not only first in the world, he is first in the church. He is the one that we have redemption in. He is the one who has saved us. And so it says, him we proclaim, Christ we proclaim. And look at what this proclamation of Jesus sounds like. It doesn't just sound like, well, Jesus loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. This proclamation about Jesus, look at where it lands. It says, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. When Paul proclaims Christ, Paul's end result in his mind is not simply that some people check the box and say they're a Christian, that they pray a prayer. It's not even that they trust in Jesus and then the story ends there. It's that they trust in Jesus and then this trust in Jesus, it results in a continued growth that, that ends in maturity. Paul's aim in proclaiming Christ, the church's aim in proclaiming Christ to those who are not yet saved that come to a church service and to those who are saved, that the not yet saved would trust in Christ and that all would become mature. They become like Christ in their attitudes and their actions and the words. It says, him we proclaim, warning everyone. This proclamation includes warning. This is when we say, don't do these things. Don't live this way. Don't believe certain ideologies. If you live this way, if you act this way, and if you think this way, the end result is not maturity. I, I must warn you. I must warn you. You know, there's sometimes a lack of warning from pulpits in our world today. 
See, see, warning is oftentimes it's received as, oh, you know what? I'm kind of being judged. Oh, they're, they're warning. And so, you know, I don't like this church because they're warning me and they're telling me how to live my life. I know very few pastors that they're warning when they've warned from the, the pulpit, it's so they can control you or so they can make you feel guilty. Most of us, here, here's why we warn you. So that we may pres- present you mature in Christ. You can't be mature and live a godless lifestyle. You can't be mature and continue to live in your sin. It doesn't work. So Paul says, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. This is, we warn, here's what not to do, and then we teach, here's what you should do. Here's what it looks like to believe the gospel. Here are the things you should believe from the scripture. Here here is how you should act. This is what a godly life, not according to your pastor, but according to the word of God, this is what a godly life looks like. Warning, teaching, with all wisdom. Why? That we may present everyone mature in Christ. Look at verse 29. Paul says, for this I toil. He works hard at this. You know, every church should have leaders who they toil at this. A church leader shouldn't be lazy. A church leader should not just get by doing the least amount as possible. Paul says, for this I toil. And then look, it says, struggling with all his, all of Christ's energy that powerfully works in me. See, see the, the Christian leader, they do this not based on their own energy, but based on the energy of the Lord, based on the powerful working of Christ through his spirit, working in the the believing leader, the preacher, the pastor, the elder, so that the believer will become mature. And this includes warning, and it includes teaching, teaching in all wisdom. See, this is from a human perspective. This is the end result. The end result is not that you simply live a moral lifestyle. That that should end up happening. The end result is not that you you simply believe correctly. That that should end up happening. No, the end result is that those are combined and because you've been warned against evil beliefs and evil actions and because you've been taught right beliefs and right actions, you are mature. You're mature. You're, you're more and more like Christ every day. You're less, you're less self-focused and more Christ-focused. You're less concerned about your own needs and more concerned about the needs of others. You are mature. You're less led astray by whatever new cultural idea is coming out and you're more f- firmly founded on the truth of God's word. You are to be mature. Now listen, I imagine you have Christian leaders in your life that are toiling to this end. They are striving with the powerful energy, the power of Christ working in them. They want you to be mature. Let me ask you, do you want to be mature? Are you doing everything you can? Are you toiling with all of the the power and energy that Christ supplies you so that you can be the man of God or the, the woman of God that you have been called to be? 
See, brother and sister in Christ, I just need to make this so clear. Your pastor, your elder cannot make you mature. They can work for that end. You, humbly trusting the Lord. You, striving based upon his power, working in you. You can grow in maturity. And here's, here's really your action step. First of all, Decide to be mature. Decide to aim at that maturity. And then go to your pastor. Go to an elder at your church. Go to them and say, listen, pastor, I I have not been aiming at maturity and I am ready. I want to be mature. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Will you help me? I tell you what, your pastor would love nothing more than to point you down the path of maturity. This is our ancient way for our modern day.